When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just like that, final hours here, Tuesday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Kelly Stewart in for Chad this week, who is off to the uh, in-laws in Nebraska, his annual trek to Nebraska in the snow. I believe the ice storm has already passed through. He's currently flying over that, probably, uh, on his way to Omaha, final destination. Uh, but better travel conditions for you today than than Chad. Congrats, Kelly. You can't use Final Destination for me ever like that. Oh, because that, of the movie. The movie's ruined me forever. I can't even be. You know how, how many, many of logging, those are there? I don't know. Like, Do you know how many logging trucks there are in the state of Florida? I had no idea. Uh, they're everywhere, and every single time I end up behind one, I'm like, well, this is it for me. <laughs> you honestly think that? No, but I was like, I don't know, like. You middle, think of the movie? Was I like in middle school or high school or when it came out, and it just was very prolific. I mean, let's look this up because th- there are a lot of them. Um, I have no idea. And as we do that, I'll remind you that uh, the new and improved Outkick store is up and available for you. Shop.outkick.com. Shop.outkick.com is where you go for all of the merch for Outkick. Um, how many of them are there? Let's see. It started in uh, so Final Destination Two randomly pops up. That was two thousand three. So, okay, so there I are was, five of them? I was a freshman like in college when the second one came out. So I would have been in high school when the first one came out. 2000 was the first yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's been yeah, high school for me as well. It's been a while. It's, it's interesting that you think of that because I think of like, uh, when I hear certain songs, I think of a movie. But the scene of like the logging truck. How many logging trucks are there? Uh, t- entirely too many. I'm telling you. One too many? Between where I live and where my dad is, it must just be like the, the log road like you see in Canada because that's they're just everywhere. So some, uh, there, I know some people who hate going underneath bridges. They, they will, or overpasses, they will speed through it as fast as possible because they think the overpass is going to follow them. No, but is my that another mom, scene from it? No, but my mom won't take the big Suncoast Bridge from Tampa. It's, she is terrified of it. And I have to drive over it all the time. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a brand new bridge. It's fine. But because the one pr- previously it collapsed in like yeah. the 80s because a, because a boat hit it, it didn't just collapse because it was poorly built. That's a final destination, though, like storyline. Oh, gosh. Now, now I'm going to be scared now that I've actually processed what could possibly happen. I don't happen. think we have many uh, logging trucks, though, in Tennessee. You're good. No, you guys are good You're here. You're good to go. But I'm also not going to be driving while I'm here. Yeah, rely on your Uber. Six of Peabody location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, yesterday, Christmas Day, growing up, going back to high school. Let's go back to middle school, high school, Kelly. Christmas Day was the unofficial, but at least for me, the official tip-off of the Nas- National Basketball Association. I don't even think about the NBA anymore on Christmas Day. Some of that's due to just the boredom I have with the league itself. But the NFL has stepped in, and they've taken over the holidays. Period. Uh, they're creating them. Like the Black Friday games now. Billion dollars for the rights to have that on Amazon Prime. And they've got the triple header on Christmas Day now where the schedule lines up based on the weekend. And they crush it. They crush And the NBA is an afterthought. Are you like me? Did you 
have the uh, I don't pay attention to the NBA until the playoffs now because that's when I actually see the competitive nature of what that league is supposed to be. I would uh, growing up though I would pay attention to the NBA around Christmas and moving forward. Football just ended. Bowl games for the most part. You you're out for the holidays. Uh, you got New Year's Day bowls, and then then it was it was the vote. Then it was the BCS era. And it was straight basketball after that, college and NBA. Now, it's just straight college for me. I don't even think about NBA hoops, and I used to, and it used to start on the yeah. 25th of December. My buddy uh, Tim, I saw on X during our break, went 6-0 in his gambling picks, and I'm like, oh, how did I miss your tweet? Because the NBA is, is that's like the real kickoff, right? Christmas yeah. Day was the – November never mattered. Now we've got all these – in-season tournaments, and they're trying to do stuff. But when Steve Kerr even says the product is not good, yeah, it's not good. And I'm with you. Call me in April. We can talk about NBA all the time during the playoffs. It has to be after the All-Star break at this point in time before it is even watchable. Now, I know they're trying to change it. They're but trying, but I, I couldn't explain to you what the tournament was about in-season. Grandma did not leave my couch yesterday. I think they got there at, oh, 12.30. So right before the Chiefs uh, Raiders kicked okay. off East Coast time. She did not leave my couch until they went home during halftime um, of of the Ravens. Baltimore game. Yeah, the Ravens uh, San Francisco game because it was wall to wall NFL. I guarantee, if there was no NFL yesterday, she'd have been mingling with us in the kitchen, hanging out, watching the kids open presents. Yeah, she did not leave that corner of the couch all day long, and she's such an NFL fan. Nobody's doing that for the NBA. No, They're just not. There's no hype around it. And the, again, like on that day, you'd have all the players wearing their shoes. There would be special yeah. shoes with, through the Jordan brand or whatever. I don't even, like, again, I don't even think about the games that are on. I, I completely. If I'm scrolling, I'm going right past them. Right past them. Well, there was no scrolling. It was just the yep. game was on. The you scrolling s- to go to the next game. Though. Yeah. You no, know, it, the next network. Like, I'm not even thinking about it. No. And that's a, a definite result of how poor. The product really, truly is right now. And how much I think that culturally people are sick of certain athletes. And it has gotten to a point where if I don't have money on it, I'm not watching anyway. I enjoyed the playoffs last year with what Denver was doing. I grew up as a big Nuggets fan. Dikembe Mutombo. But again, it's just playoffs now. That's it. That's it. Well, that's all you can really care about. They have their rights fees upcoming up. They have their 10-year CBA locked under uh, their collective bargaining agreement with the players. They, they're trying to negotiate big money for their next television contract. And, I mean, the NFL is now taking over. And what a – speaking of alphas, that the NFL's stance on just we're going to create holidays and then we're going to demand that you watch our product on holidays. So be it. Everyone's doing it. I mean, uh, Grandma called me to get a peacock. Uh, yeah, the exclusive. She's so like, how do I get There's going to be peacock? a playoff game. Yeah, she goes, how do I get peacock? And I'm like, what is she talking about? And I forgot that there was a, sh- a game on that nobody should have cared about, right? Bill's Chargers. Yep. Bill's huge favorite. And she's like, no, 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 I'm looking at the score. That's a really good game. I need to get it. So I had to walk her through how to download and subscribe to Peacock so that she can now watch one game a month for the, $5.99. You will either have the, let's see, the NFC South champ or the AFC South champ playing on the exclusive streaming-only game on Peacock, which is the first game and who owns on Peacock? that Saturday. NBC. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, of course. Uh, but yeah, so there's it, it, just like this past weekend, it'll you'll have a playoff game only on Peacock. Um, what is awful though? We mentioned like Steve Kerr calling out the league. Uh, NFL officials right now, awful. 
communications down. Like there was a at the game the other day, the Titans and Seahawks, there was a touchdown that was ruled incomplete, but I couldn't even say it's ruled incomplete because the officials did not give a signal one way or the other. Pete Carroll ended up challenging the play that DK Metcalf caught. He, it was a touchdown. There was no signal of incomplete or touchdown at all. They just went back to the huddle and there was a red flag that was a, a challenge flag from Pete Carroll. Ridiculous that they don't even signal incomplete or not. And that if you call it a touchdown, it's automatically reviewed. Meanwhile, Carroll had to use one of his challenges. He had lost a challenge earlier, so that was his final challenge of the game. The roughing the passer penalties are, it, it, they have to review this, have to review this in the offseason. It's, it's, it's out of hand. And some of the other penalties that we have seen while, uh, you know, it, was the player in the neutral zone for Kansas City a couple of weeks ago? Yes, he was. Uh, have I been a, on the sidelines for multiple years where I've seen officials come over as the offense comes back to the sideline after a three and out or after a touchdown, whatever, after the drive? And the official comes over and tells the player straight up, "Hey, uh, watch it because you're in the you're in the neutral zone." Yes, that happens often. And do offensive linemen hold on almost every, every play. single play? Yeah, every I, play. There, there's just not enough consistency. So, and in, it's really and bad. I've been doing a podcast with a, a bookmaker buddy of mine for years, and he says, right, mind you, his job is to set the lines on these games. That he does not watch the refs. He has been saying we've been doing this show for six years. That is an unwatchable product. And at first it was a joke, right? Right, yeah. And the more games that I watch, right, because of NFL Red Zone, where I don't have any action on Browns, Texans, or as you mentioned, Seahawks, Titans, but those are the, the games that are popping up or they're off to the side. So you catch glimpses right. of these moments of what are they doing? They are ruining the game. So bad. I agree. There was a point in college football where targeting calls were not consistent. And as fans, we were very vocal, right? College football fans will get fired up. And I think they went back and they drew a hard line that said, okay, there is, this is targeting. Did he lead with his head? Did he lead with his shoulder? And they, they started to make some people like less of a gray area. The NFL is always a gray it area. Is. And it also depends on who the quarterback is it all, what the back of the name what the jersey says because Patrick Mahomes is getting the Tom Brady treatment whether people want to admit that in Kansas City or not he absolutely is but Mahomes is getting fine now because he's not even getting the the calls to go his way well you now know? he's now he's kind of throwing it uh, back right towards the ref saying hey because he used to get those calls going yeah. his way whereas you watch well I would I would also say there we're past we're past this era where the officials just let guys play in many cases. Like, I would prefer less roughing the passer penalties, uh, but they're doing it for the sake of injuries. Look how many quarterbacks did, are already injured anyway. Did you see the O-lineman? I, I do not remember which game it was, but I saw the clip on Instagram. The O-lineman fell like this, arms out, like moving his arms to prove he didn't put his whole body weight out. Yes. That's literally what we're getting. The guy looks like he's a 350-pound swimmer because he's trying to prove it's, like, hey, I didn't forcefully put 330 pounds on this quarterback. I'm going to find the clip during the break because it is so absurd that he had to do this so that he didn't get flagged for making a tackle. And there's no accountability. Like there, we used to hear from Pereira or Blandino. There was a voice to the officiating right. crews. Now they don't do that. 
there's there's no one like that uh, that's at the head of the of officiating at the league office in New York. It's not happening now. They've got those guys. They're just not speaking on behalf of the league about officiating. And look at the NFL scoring week to week. Some really bad offensive outputs where, in many cases, bailouts by poor officiating isn't even leading to many points, which is also crazy. Let's talk points for tonight's bowl games. Kelly has been on a roll. I would say second half of the season, you've been crushing it. It's been really frustrating. And I've been, well, I've been following you, though. I've been, whatever you recommend, I've been, when it comes to uh, what you've been doing, especially NFL, you've been crushing it. The, the big Bowl thing season, is, we need to get it back. Yeah, we do. The, the big thing with NFL is as the season gets goes along, the lines get tighter. And I think the biggest thing is you can do is to just hone in on one or two bets, right? But unfortunately, I'm in these contests where you have to pick five or seven. Your parlays. Yeah. Or my parlays, your it, single bets. That's the thing. If I just stuck with my best bets, Ravens on Monday night, You're good. I would have woke up very happy this morning. But instead, you were? Instead, I had to pick 10 for a contest I'm in, and I got stuck with teams like the Cowboys and uh, the Vikings and so forth. So tonight, we have the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Kansas-UNLV. UNLV is, they're getting 11 and a half. Uh, Is is it over for UNLV, or do you take the mega points against a Kansas team that knocked off Oklahoma? Yeah, Kansas, that was huge for me. That was a nice, uh, big underdog home win. And and things really started to uh, to come to fruition for the rest of the year about this team. And I said they would not win eight games. And, well, what they do? They got there. They got their eight wins, but just slightly under that eight and a half. I beat my buddy JB because he doesn't know how to look at Vegas lines. <laughs> uh, six and a half was the line set from Vegas. So they... In Vegas terms, exceeded expectations. Right. But in Jayhawks fandom world in Lawrence, Kansas, they thought Big 12 championship. They thought 9-10 wins. You don't make those big enough jumps. Now, granted, Jalen Daniels didn't end up playing, but Jason Beam, not that big of a drop-off once he really started to come into fruition here. But I think the big thing is that we're going to see the offensive coordinator, uh, Andy, and I'm going to butcher his last name because I always do, Colton Nicky, went to Penn State. Coach for James Franklin because while they need some help offensively, clearly they're in Happy Valley. I think that that is something that you have to look at in terms of where someone's coming in from. So Jeff Grimes is going to be the new offensive coordinator in Lawrence. We're going to see how he does. He was previously uh, with BYU, and if you remember, with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So we'll see how that comes to fruition. But sometimes those types of relationships take a while to gel. So when this one came out at twelve and a half, I said, "Look at this UNLV team." They just got embarrassed in the Mountain West title game, but nobody expected this team to win nine games. No one. And they were so good against the spread all season long. The Rebels have the, I think I'll call it a spark with Barry Odom that I had never seen. I mean, I lived there for 15 years, and it it didn't matter what big-name coach they brought in. It didn't matter anything they did. They could not get something going. And they're in a bowl game for the first time in a decade. Yeah. And they're playing in an NFL stadium, right? You, you have to remember the Silver Bowl that they used to play in yeah. in East Las Vegas. Yeah, you didn't want to go over there. And then, oh, by the way, somebody was dumb enough to ban tailgating because nobody actually went inside the games. They just went to tailgate. And that just crushed tickets. I mean, the, the history of UNLV football is, is rather crazy. For someone to come in as a first-year head coach, he's changed the culture in Las Vegas. So UNLV has several transfers, don't they? Yes. 
does that affect how you play this game? Because Kansas doesn't have any. Right. But I think what you got to realize is that sometimes when we see this laundry list of who's transferring mm -hmm. and why, you've got to see how how much of an influential impact they had. First of all, KU was way too big of a favorite in this game anyway. The line should have been nine and a half. So taking 12 and a half doesn't include those transfers, but nobody prolific is leaving, right? And that's something you have to consider here. I think the Jayhawks don't really care about this game. I don't think their fans really care about this game. This is a hop, skip, and a jump right across. You're saying you, you wouldn't, you, they, should, they should care about the guaranteed rate bowl? They don't. <laughs> You know, I, I, I told you. I told you before we started the show. I'm going to follow you and and back every uh, every wager this week that you recommend. So I'm taking uh, UNLV plus eleven and a half. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's tonight. Uh, we've got a couple games for uh, on on tap for Thursday, which I'm intrigued by. That include K State. I have a feeling I know where you're playing that. We'll see. Maybe not. You're not going to back the Wildcats. Oh, we're going to talk about my horrible number I've got on the Wildcats, that's for sure. Bill Bender joins us next. We talk more college football with the Sporting News National Rider next. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hot and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Kelly Stewart in for Withrow this week. We spent some time discussing Jim Harbaugh, the contract that's reportedly on the table, 10 years, 125, with the caveat that he can't, I, I refer to as flirt with the NFL. I think it's more than that, though, Kelly. Bill Bender joins us from the Sporting News with more on this and other discussion topics going into the college football playoff. Bill, great to have you back on the show, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. What do you make of the uh, the report of the 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 money here, 10 years, 125, combined with the assurance that Jim Harbaugh is not going to take a peek and hear out offers from the NFL as soon as the playoff is concluded. So what you're telling me is they're going to tell Jim Harbaugh he can't do something. Right. And then he's going to abide by that. I, I mean, that's the unpredictable factor here. And he's an always unpredictable football coach. The money makes sense. Michigan's never had it this good since their 1997 national championship season and the subsequent seasons that followed that. The last three years have been great. Three straight victories against Ohio State, a third straight trip to the uh, college football playoff, and a chance against Alabama to really exercise some demons against the SEC and these bowl games and all of those things. Michigan hasn't won a bowl game against an SEC opponent like this I would argue since 2007 when they beat Urban Meyer in Florida, and it wasn't this big of a stage. So, I mean, a lot at work there, but I, it, to me it comes down to what NFL team's going to want to flirt with Harbaugh, and is he going to flirt back, and can, can you tell a coach of his unpredictability not to do something? It would be real tough. What does this offer look like if Michigan wins the title, Bill? I mean, same money-wise. Maybe they take that off the, some of those S – add some more escalators to the contract and tell him, okay, well, you can flirt with the NFL, but the money's still there and give him more bonuses. Remember, this is a coach that took a pay cut after the COVID 2020 season when Michigan went two and four, didn't play the Ohio State game, and was generally miserable on the field that season. Took a pay cut 
the savior of the program took a pay cut. And I don't think he's forgotten that deep down inside. So I'm not so sure what the money is the factor. It really comes down to what Jim Harbaugh wants. And he's probably the only person for sure that may or may not know that answer. Do you think, just if you're just wagering what he does, do you think he wants to go back to the NFL? And if so, even if he chooses to stay at Michigan, does he just wait to sign this extension until after the hiring season of what the NFL is going to look like? Oh, I think he still wants to take a peek for sure. And part of that, the dead giveaway, is he interviewed with Minnesota. And and the Vikings were not a good fit. Uh, Not for Jim Harbaugh, not for what he does. They they would be not even a top three fit. And one of those fits that fits Jim Harbaugh is the Chargers. You know, great quarterback, West Coast. He played there. A chance for him to go there and maybe leave Michigan on somewhat good terms if he wanted to, because I don't think many Michigan fans will be angry at Jim Harbaugh for leaving. Not after the season he just had with two separate suspensions and a battle with the NCAA that isn't quite finished. And like I said, accomplished what they've accomplished on the field, the three straight wins of the second or third best record in college football behind Georgia and Alabama in that stretch. And now it really comes down to whether or not they can go out and beat an Alabama on the field. Bill, I'm tired of talking about the Big Ten, but we're <laughs> going to stay in that realm right now. What's going on with FSU? Do you think they're headed to the Big Ten? I don't think it's the right fit, but we've heard the SEC say, eh, we're okay for right now. Well, I, I, I guess I'm Mr. Big Ten being in Columbus and being around the conference, and I'll push back a little bit. I think it would be a good fit for the Big Ten to go after them. I mean, geographically, rivalries, all those things, yes, the SEC is a better fit for Florida State. But for the Big Ten, in terms of what they're trying to accomplish, and they already have a West Wing, they could go get Florida. If I was the Big Ten and Florida State somehow gets out of this ACC grant of rights deal and has a chance to go to a conference, I pitch them hard and I try to get Notre Dame with them. Then I have the two best brands outside the Big Ten and the SEC. I like the Notre Dame uh, suggestion. That makes a lot more sense. I mean, I know geographically the Big Ten is now all across the country. So <laughs> that's not what really is my thought process. It was more the style of play from Florida State. It's more of the culture. It doesn't seem to quite fit. And I've always heard that it was going to be a maybe a, a pair deal, right, with Clemson and Florida State. But I like the, uh, the Notre Dame fit there better. Do you think they can go and get a Notre Dame? Well, it would depend on what happens, again, with this grant of rights deal and the ACC. And I'll be the first to admit, I don't want the ACC to collapse. I I don't think it's healthy for the sport when a conference collapses like the Pac-12 did last year. No matter how we try to justify it in Big Ten country, it is going to feel weird staying up late at night and watching Wisconsin at Oregon or Michigan and UCLA in the middle of the day at a noon kickoff. It, It will feel strange if it's not September. And, and from your point, Clemson and Florida State would just fit very well in the SEC. You'd have Clemson, South Carolina. You'd have Florida, Florida State. Florida State, in particular, is the best brand from a national championship standpoint. It won three since 1993. Who wouldn't want that brand, even if it comes with some of the things, uh, obviously, with how loud and how blustery they've been with this fight with the ACC so far? Bill Bender, our guest, the Sporting News is where you can find his great work. Uh, any particular matchup that you're looking forward to seeing this week 
as bowl games, one of the like 400 that we have during bowl season over the next couple of weeks. Uh, is there a game that really you're dialed into based on the fact that it, it's tough to keep up with the transfer portal, who's playing, who's not, you mentioned Florida State, uh, Rotomaker, he's hitting the portal. Like that. This all affects the, the product on the field. Which game in your mind is the most competitive regardless of what's gone on over the last couple of weeks? Well, in those New Year's Day six games, I am intrigued to watch Ohio State and Missouri because it means two different things to do two different programs. For Ohio State, they're going to give Devin Brown an audition after the Kyle McCord transfer. For Missouri, it's a huge step. Uh, for Eli Drinkwitz, for that offense, for Schrader, the All-American running back. And if they could go score a win against Ohio State, Eli could really build on that going into 2024. I'm intrigued by Florida State, Georgia, just from the standpoint Florida State's missing a lot of guys, which I did not expect after them finishing undefeated, getting snubbed from the playoff, because I was making, for those of us who remember the 90s, for example, and old men like me, uh, I was thinking if Florida State could beat Georgia, what were the odds that they would claim a national title and how many people would actually vote for them if they did? But I don't know that that's a a feasible case right now. Especially given the fact that you you hear that uh, Norvell's trying to get the morale. They're still in that hangover from not getting the playoff. And then you have the transfers and other things like this. To me, this is lining up for a, a very poor showing against Georgia. And I think that's I what they want, don't you think? I mean, it's almost like, a, okay, fine. We didn't get to be there, so we don't care. It's like, I'm going to take my Xbox and I'm going to go home. Yeah. I, I, no, that's a that's a great point. That, that's an absolutely – I haven't even thought of it that way, that it's like, ah, w- we won't even take this bull seriously. We'll let Georgia beat us, but we were still wronged. We feel wronged and, and all of those things. Now, for Georgia, I think it's quite the opposite. You know how – I know you guys know that the SEC has this reputation of maybe taking a bull game off when they get in a consolation situation. I think it's the other way around. I think Kirby's going to have these guys ready to go. It'll be a very – opposite of that 2019 Sugar Bowl loss to Texas. I think they're coming out and they're going to look really good in this game. If you're ranking, Bill, the the teams that you are most confident in and winning the title, where is Alabama on that list? One. Just because, I mean, one, like I've been making the jokes with other writers, like what is your lead going to be when Alabama wins another national championship? I've wrote like five of these over the years. <laughs> I got to come up with something fresh. Um, they're They're the favorite in my opinion, which is so weird because of the path they they've yeah. taken and nobody really expected them to beat Georgia. Nobody absolutely thought that was a national championship team when they played South Florida after the Texas game, but the development of Jalen Milrow, the talent that they have on both sides of the ball, you know, I think the Michigan game is going to be really fun and, and Michigan absolutely has a chance to beat them. But for me, and again, it's partially living in big 10 country. I'll believe it when I see it, that Michigan goes out there and beats an SEC powerhouse. Now, the fact that the line hasn't moved much suggests that actually could happen. But again, I'll have to see it. Bill, I got to know. So you live in Columbus. Did you go to Ohio State? Is there maybe a little bit of Michigan hatred there in your voice? Because (laughs) I am on the opposite side here. I would agree that Alabama progressed better than any other team in college football this year. But defenses win championships, and we have a Michigan defense that is – got several NFL players on it that is, in my opinion, the best defensive front now with Florida State out in the college football playoff. No, well, I went to Ohio University, okay. so I'm a Maction kid. I love that. Um, 
And I, you know, they they started off bull season with a win, even though their quarterback was in the transfer portal. I was very excited about that. But you you raise a great point because Michigan's interior defense is really good. Uh, Mason Graham, Kevin Grant, Chris Jenkins, they're pretty good on that side of the ball. But what I want to see in this game from either side is which team can generate a running game. You know, Alabama struggled with that. And Michigan struggled with that against Iowa in the Big Ten championship game without Blake Corum. I think that's one thing to watch. And then if Michigan wins this game, the story everybody's going to be writing the next day and into that night is that J.J. McCarthy made the big throws, increased his draft stock. Does he go down as the greatest Michigan quarterback ever? It's a J.J. McCarthy game here. Who, or which program was the biggest surprise for you in, in signing day, the transfer portal, all of it? Well, I mean, the rich got richer as usual, right? Georgia and Alabama and Ohio Always State. Always at the top, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not surprising at all. That's like me having my wife uh, tell me to take the trash out or that I forgot to yeah. take the trash out. Expected. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's expected behavior um, <laughs> that I messed up. Uh, you know, but uh, no, I, I think it, it's definitely, there were some good surprises. I thought Syracuse was a surprise, honestly, because Fran Brown, a Georgia assistant, got a couple four-star kids from Georgia. He already got Kyle McCord in the portal. Yep. I know they looked awful in the bowl game, and they did. They looked terrible. But I think Fran Brown has a plan there, and being a Jersey guy and that Georgia experience, he's going to do all right. We're going to hear a lot this offseason about Ole Miss, aren't we? I mean, the, the, the expansion to 12 teams in the playoff, what they've done in the portal yet again, uh, Kiffin and all the buzz that he already and always creates and the fact that their schedule lines up much like it did, not this past season, but the year prior, where we could see them 7 or 8 no before they really hit a, a stretch. And it's not a difficult stretch uh, on the new uh, scheduling in the SEC where the Rebels will be a, a talk of college football and an, ex, an expectation for Kiffin actually being a playoff that it has expanded. Well, it's so fitting that they're playing Penn State because up here we have the same conversations about them. I mean, two 10-win teams two coaches that, that have that big game reputation follow them around. I mean, Penn State had an awesome year. They just lost to Michigan and Ohio State again. And, and James Franklin has those same conversations about him all the time. The way Ole Miss has worked the portal, the way that he has that offense running, it's a very interesting Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl to me because I think Penn State's got a pretty good defense and, and it'll be fun to watch. But yeah, they'll be an it team this offseason. And I want to point out that had we had a 12-team playoff the last three years, Ole Miss and Penn State would be in that last four-in discussion. They, yeah. they would be regulars on some We way. view those coaches way differently. I totally agree. And, like, and Jim Franklin would have five. Yeah, Franklin would have five playoff appearances. Yeah, there you go. And again, like, <laughs> the, the line of success is it's, it's high for a lot of programs. It's more, vastly more reachable now for some very average coaches. I agree. It's a lot like I use the basketball analogy. When a coach has a somewhat rough year in the ACC or the SEC or Big Ten, but they pile up those Sweet 16 appearances, that's all you yeah. see. You know, that guy went to the Sweet 16. It's the same analogy we'll be making when this thing goes to 12. I'm excited about it, but I'll say this about this year's 14 playoff. It's the first time, I don't know if maybe ever, but a rare time where I feel like I can make a legitimate case for all four teams to win this thing and actually believe it. I mean, in the past, yeah. I didn't believe Cincinnati could win it, but Washington, they've got some guys on the outside. They're going to be fun. It'll be interesting to see if they can hold up between the trenches. Kelly's on board with that too. 
Yes, I am. Actually, I was gonna getting ready to ask Bill what he thought about that game. I feel like we haven't talked about. It. Everybody wants to talk Alabama, Michigan, because yeah. that is in their dream scenario the national championship. And then you have Texas who beat Bam. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, Bill Bender, well, you could catch his work with Sporting News. Bill, uh, always great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for joining us today, and uh, happy holidays. Hey, no problem. Happy holidays to you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. There you go. Bill Bender there. Uh, you agree with a lot of what he said, just based on opinion that I've heard from you. You're right about Texas and Washington. And the expectation is that that game is already predetermined, that Texas is winning. But how? That's what I guess I don't understand. And, and, and I know that everybody's going to say, well, it's because you hate Texas. I don't hate Texas. Again, right. that's always, but that's been the stigma because I went to Kansas State and I love to bet against them. Well, Texas and Oklahoma, ahead of many programs in the SEC in recruiting, they're going to be right there in the thick of it. And what about the storyline of, well, Arch Manning all of a sudden is the backup quarterback going into the playoff? In a season where they're headed into the SEC, it's pretty great for the Longhorns and for Washington for that matter. Stay tuned. Well, the transfer portal doing more than just taking hopes and dreams away from college football fans on the field. Hot Mike with Huddy Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Kelly Stewart in for Withrow this week. Um, so Kyle Johnson goes to Florida, class of 23. Gators, Gator for life. Uh, in fact, I, the first time I met you, Kelly, we were at a, was it the cocktail party? Yeah, it was the cocktail party. Okay. Well, so Trevor Etienne in cocktail party fashion goes from Florida to Georgia in the portal. Uh, Kyle Johnson, Florida fan, his girlfriend for Christmas got him prior to any news about the transfer portal, a Trevor Etienne jersey, a number seven and gifted it to him on Christmas, not knowing that ETN was now at Georgia making that official. Uh, what do you, the, the idea that you know enough, and I, I'm not trying to fault the gift here, you know enough about your boyfriend's fandom, okay, and the player that he apparently loves because this gift would have been awesome if not for the fact that he's now playing for Georgia. Of all teams, by the way. That you, of all teams. Of all teams. Of all teams. And you, you know enough to still gift it to him after, I'm, I'm guessing, he would have said something about ETN leaving for Georgia. If you know enough about him to get him that jersey to begin with, you got to pull the gift. you got to go gift card route at that point. And you have to then show why you went gift card route. Don't you? I mean, are you, you allowed to return that jersey? I, I mean, the return, I mean, I, I hope so. But the idea that, you know, you open the gift and it's like the greatest thing ever for, you know, some college kid and all of a sudden it's, it's not, it's hilarious. But uh, if, you're, if you know enough to get the gift, don't you have to know that said jersey isn't relevant now? Maybe, that's, maybe, the, maybe she got it after the fact it was on sale. Maybe that's what she thought. She thought she oh, got like a steal. And then said that she got it before? Now, that, I mean, now that's would, true, uh, putting your mind behind, you know, saving some money would, and making wouldn't the most. You, wouldn't you lie, too? Even if you, let's say you did, let's just say that you did know. She didn't know. I, I'm sorry, she didn't know. She's lying and being like, this, this happened after I bought it before. Because you're right, you would absolutely pull the gift and return it. I mean, the dude in the photo, Kyle, he is in, he's in Gator, he's like a, he's in like a Gator's onesie. Yeah, pajamas. 
Because I'm actually like trying to look on his, because you can, somebody tagged him on Twitter. Uh, I was trying to see if he actually tweeted about it, had a meltdown about it. Uh, I, I don't see anything from him like that's dictating that he was like super upset about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know how else do I say this. I, okay, we did the, we talked about gifts last week, Chad and I, about the guy putting the pajamas in the oven. And I said, no, nah, that, oh. that guy's playing chestnut checkers. He's trying to prove a point here that she doesn't cook enough. And he just about lost it. <laughs> I, I'm going to go other misogynist side of me. And go and guess okay. that she just doesn't know enough about college football. And also, in fairness, the transfer portal is so out of control. Yeah. I have to go on multiple websites to confirm sources. I mean, we're talking, what's there, 1,400 kids at one point in time in the transfer portal? Uh, more than that at one point. But more than to that. know, you know the Gators are his favorite team. You know this running back and, is his and favorite. And he would have said, if you know it's his favorite player, you would have known that he... Was no longer on the Gators roster. Maybe being around him. Maybe we're we're talking about a, a woman that probably just graduated college or is still in college. I, do you watch? Do you go to Gators games? You should go. Yes, because it I've is been a, to the swamp. It's a fashion contest. These girls don't care about football. Yeah, but guys are wearing jean shorts. Yeah, of course it's Florida. Yeah, it's Gainesville. My dad lives twenty minutes from there. I have never seen. I, I'm from Kansas, and I've guy. never seen more hillbillies in my life. Look at Kyle. Yes. Like, I mean, Kyle's got a mullet. He's dude, got a mustache. I, I, I'm, I'm, don't you? I, I truly believe, like, he's wearing the same. Uh, I, his girlfriend would be wearing pajamas like this. God, I hope not. We don't really. Far do. too many photos like that, People by the way. People don't do that, do they, really? Oh, I, I, social media was don't on, get me on wrong. fire with this stuff. I made my boyfriend wear a reindeer onesie to our pub crawl on Friday, but that was but, just to be obnoxious about the people that make people wear the matching Well, Christmas that was a the theme. You're, you know, you're going out and, uh, yeah, it's a party, right? Yeah. In this everybody, case, it's so a, it's everybody the, was dressed up. It's the group, like the the family photo, where there's uh, far too many friends that I see no. are are in these like pajamas. Where it's, it's like, I'm looking at them, going, "There is no way he's enjoying this right now." Yeah. Like, what are you getting in return for said photo? I I don't. I mean, I it, apparently do it. a Florida jersey of Trevor Etienne. And that's. I mean, hopefully she has a receipt. Hopefully she kept the tags on, and he can just exchange it. Right. For what though? Now. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a rough year again in the swamp. We're just going to leave it at that. I, I, I do feel bad for Gators fans right now. Starting January 3rd, the only place to catch OutKick's original and fearless shows live is going to be on our website, OutKick.com. You'll be able to catch up on YouTube, but for all of the live unfiltered, yes, unfiltered content, head over to the Watch tab. Click the Watch tab at OutKick.com. You will not miss a beat. OutKick.com slash watch your one-stop shop for all things OutKick. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he was fined for talking bad about the officiating post game. Uh, what last week? This week it's Micah Parsons, who's going off on the officials, on the media coverage, uh, and the the lack of accountability on the lack of holding calls in the Dallas loss to Miami. This ties in a bit to the. Uh, the roughing the passer issue uh, on on Dak in this game, but where the and Kelly showed me the video she was referring to where the guy puts his hands up but he's like I think he's the defensive end for the Dolphins. But the entire weight of the player is is on Dak. Of course, this, but Dak also pulls him down right on top of him, in the knowing video. he's going to get the call. Yes, uh, it's like almost as bad as a flop. It, but that well. I agree. There are a lot of flops on both sides. 
Uh, the flop, though, in reality, are the officials this year. I mean, it's just they're in a bad spot because the the league wants them to make a, a an independent call. In many cases, some of these plays are not reviewable because the league also wants the game to be done between three hours and seven minutes and three hours and 15 minutes. And so they're not going to add a lot of review. They contemplated making roughing the passer reviewable and chose not to this offseason. They've got to figure this out. But beyond that, uh, Parsons, uh, you said this earlier, Kelly, and you're right. You can call holding on every play. Parsons is absolutely being held more times than not because they're accounting for him with two players. That alone would tell me with his ability to, to make the plays that he's doing on a, in a dominant fashion that he's still doing all that and the plays where he's not making it a point to run down the play or get to the quarterback because he's playing just one position now, which is great for him. Uh, yeah, he's being held. He is. I would hold him too. What I don't understand is why, what did he say that was untrue that would require it's, a fine? And how does the NFL decide who they're going to fine? Because so, we're about to go right back to where we were about mm, six, seven years ago. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Because that, these guys are not going to be able to say what they really feel. But I think that's part of the game. That passion, uh, whether you agree with Patrick Mahomes losing his mind and being unsportsmanlike in front of Josh Allen or not, they, that show, it showed me he had a lot of passion and he was fired up and no, he's pissed to- off. Totally agree. Uh, they, they shouldn't find him. Um, the, the player, the, the coach, you're right. I mean, they, they refuse to answer direct questions about certain calls for, uh, because they know they're, they're going to be fined. Right. Um, Mahomes was fined $50,000. And the league has a longstanding rule of prohibiting public criticism for referees. There's no accountability in that department. And you very rarely see the most recognizable player in the league in Mahomes or any, any era go out of his way to call out the officiating. In, in which case, by the way, he was lined up in the neutral zone. They had to come back on it and say, Hey, you know, looking back on it, I shouldn't have gone in as hard as I did. Still fine. And, and that's fair. He, and, he, he admitted, Hey, I was wrong. Once you saw the play, cause we all saw it on TV. We knew he was lined right. up wrong, but from maybe where Mahomes is, you know, behind the center didn't see that. Well, I watch. See, I watch. I think his his beef though is Mahomes is, and he's right. And both sides are right here. That he was in the neutral zone. The flag was was accurate. Like they've got that call right. But they do warn the offensive players. They do like give you a warning, even if it's not like right after the play. Again, they'll, they'll come back to the sideline. Defense is about to go out, or the special teams unit, and the official the side judge will come over and say hey uh or the line judge too hey watch the watch the neutral zone there they're not doing that for the defensive line if you're lined up in the neutral zone Mahomes's beef was this has happened and occurred and I saw the four different times that he lined up in the neutral zone through the game they called it on that one play with a minute and a half left and, and they go on to lose. Again, that goes back to consistency. I was on the receiving end of that call, so I would never complain oh, about no, it. No, outwardly. Yeah, you shouldn't. Um, and because you got to take the good with the bad. Because I've been on plenty of other uh, losing bad calls or good calls uh, from the zebras myself. The league, it's... the league doesn't listen to the players in this regard, though. Why? Because they they're going to say that they're they're protecting the player from injury and other things like the roughing the passer or the the officiating. They. They want the appearance. The, they want the perception 
uh, that the league is on the up and up and they have the best officials in pro sports. And I think the officials get a, they get a bad rap. They do, because I do think they're very good compared to the level beneath them, uh, which, you know, college. Um, but I don't think that it's as, it's as uh, consistent crew to crew. And that's and, where the issue is. Or week to week with the same crew. That, that's the issue. I'll say this. In the NBA, we were talking about the NBA and how we yep. all stopped. There was a point when I worked for NBA TV that all I would do was look at the data from the different sets of officials. And you were not picking out cherry picking data points, right? It is apparent that when Scott Foster is officiating a Chris Paul game, this is how the result is. I actually maybe might start doing that with some of these crews. Maybe it's a Monday Night Football crew. I, yeah. I don't have the time to do all of it, but I would. you're going to be able to find patterns. And then that's where there's going to be problems that arise is when this specific person doesn't call the roughing the passer against X quarterback ever, yep. but he does against quarterback Y all the time. And when you start finding those inconsistencies, that's when you're going to get people fired up. I do, I do also look at the, you mentioned fines, like the defensive player is being fined at a much higher rate than offense because the, the rules are stacked against them. And in which case, you know, the uh, Parsons. Literally what Parsons said. Parsons, and it's, it's been that way. But Brady's even publicly saying that it's ridiculous that, you know, your, your quarterback is throwing into the, and the player actually makes a football play. But Tom is the reason why we've gotten here, in my opinion. Well, but, well, but he was only injured for one year. They wanted to protect those guys. And now you have all of the rules stacked in the offense's favor to protect the quarterback. And how many quarterbacks are injured right now? A lot. A lot. Over half, over half the starting quarterbacks, and then it's it, got to be fifteen, it, right? It's, fifteen, sixteen. At some point this year, it's more than that if you count just guys that have been back now into the lineup. But when Parsons and say my intent was to punish the quarter, the official said my intent was to punish the quarterback on the roughing the passer. But how am I trying to punish him if I'm just trying to sack him? It's not a late hit. I didn't leave my feet. I didn't leave with my head. I don't know how you make that call. You don't. Well, but the right, but they are because I, they're deliberately being told to. And that's what's wrong with it. They feel like if they don't make that call, that's when the actual heavy hand will come down on the official. Not if they make it. They're going to protect the official if it's a egregious call that is over the top or over the line. But it's just a football play. You can't leave your feet. You can't you know, leave with your helmet. You can't helmet to helmet. All of the rules are stacked against the defense. And when you just make a football play, they're still being penalized for it. It's hurting their team. That's, that's where we are in the league. And I think the officials aren't necessarily the ones to blame. It's, this is, if they wanted to change it from the league office, they absolutely would. And we've seen it time and time again. They make adjustments as the season progresses if they don't like certain things. Um, you know, what, what's a catch? What is a what, do we, do what's we, Have we figured out what a catch is? Because I it's, still sometimes it, don't know But what it's a catch far is. more easier now than roughing the passer. I, okay, I would agree with that. From what what game was that? The Packers game when it was Packers Dallas. Was it a catch? Was it not a catch? Oh, I mean, what with, was that? Ten years ago? Twelve years ago? Yeah, but at and least we, they figured that out somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. And now it's you know his his hand grazed the face mask, didn't grab it, grazed it. That's that's unnecessary roughness. Ten yard penalty. Back at it tomorrow, three o'clock Eastern. Enjoy the bowl games. Back UNLV. How about with Withrow tomorrow, three Eastern.